0: his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off. "'dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. "'After a long time, the master of those servants "'returned and settled accounts with them. "'The man who had received the five talents "'brought the other five. "'Master,' he said, "'you entrusted me with five talents. "'See, I have gained five more.' "'His master replied, "'Well done, good and faithful servant. "'You have been faithful with a few things "'and I will put you in charge of many things.' Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. I was so afraid, I went and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have been... I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has, has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be a weeping and gnashing of teeth.
1: We... Um I'm going to share with you this morning on um, accountability. You know, this year we've been, um, we've been following a bit of a theme and um, if we can get the first slide up or actually we might have another slide of the actual... There we go. This has been our, our, our focus this year and, and those of you that come every week, you've been seeing this every week and it's a good thing to see this every week. It's good for us to see this and we want to be moving people in following Christ. We want to be people that are maturing and we are looking at what it takes, what are the traits, what are the characteristics of someone that's a mature disciple. And um, they're the six, and there's probably a stack more, but they're the six that we've uh, chosen to focus on this year. And, um, you know, it's important to do this kind of stuff, and I was thinking this week, so why are we doing this? We're doing this because um, we need to know what's measurable, We need to know what's identifiable, how do we measure, how do we identify whether we're growing, whether we as a church are growing or whether we as individuals are growing. And we have these six mini themes and we've done a few of them. We started at the top there with part of a church family. And we spent four weeks looking at that, how important that was to be part of a church, to to lock in, to be part of a community, to be part of a family, to find that support that you receive, but also where you get encouraged to to grow yourself and to grow the kingdom. We then had a look at praise selflessly. A mature disciple is someone that prays selflessly. We understood a little bit more that prayer was the engine room of, of growth and development. Um, then that we, we didn't need to continually just pray for ourselves, but we, we had the power to pray for nations, for churches, for people, uh, and, for, uh, and be willing to be the answer to those prayers ourselves. And then recently we talked about shares the gospel, that we, a mature disciple, is someone that, that shares the gospel, that, that the good news is worth sharing and that we can have confidence in the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it does change lives, has changed ours, and it does change people. That we're called and we're commanded to do that, and that our culture desperately needs the good news of Jesus Christ. And I think those are some of the things that we looked at and um, have been challenged by. So we've been doing these in mini jumps, and for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at commits to accountability, um, which is at the bottom of the uh, of our of our little circle there, that a mature disciple, someone that's moving people in following Christ, is someone that commits to accountability. That a trait of a mature disciple is that he or she commits to be accountable. This is, this is one way that we, we measure or evaluate growth and maturing. And we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at accountability being a place of trust, being a place of truth, and a place of transformation. And so this morning we're going to look at trust and uh, next week Joel's going to look at truth with us and then the week after I will look at transformation. That accountability, um, those are the things that we can count on and and rely on in accountability. We'll look at them briefly and, and hopefully we'll see how incredibly valuable accountability is and how it works. And um, as we've been doing a little bit with these these mini-series this year, um, we're going to make it practical. We're going to make it practical in our services. You remember how we prayed for uh, all the other churches around us and we sent them letters and told them what we were praying for? You know, we heard from ba- about three of the churches by now and got really encouraging phone calls and letters. So uh, we're going to do practical stuff to not just talk about it, but to, to live it out. So why accountability? We, we don't always like accountability, do we? <clears throat> when we hear that word, we... Kind of get a little bit uncomfortable in our seats, and uh, we don't love it. We, we, you know, in our culture, we have this love hate relationship with accountability, don't we? We love it for others. So this is our love hate relationship. We love it for others. Politicians, we love holding them accountable, don't we? And if they don't, we'll write it on Facebook. You know, we our employees, if you're an employer, we love held, holding our employees accountable, don't we, for what they... We love holding our local councils and our local politicians accountable. We love to hold our friends accountable, maybe even our ministry colleagues accountable. Our families, we want to hold companies, you know, we're consumers, we want to hold companies like Harvey Norman and, and JB Hi-Fi and Facebook and we love that they're accountable, don't we? That's really important. That they're account- So we love accountability there, don't we? Huh. We want to count on them. Accountability, count on. We, we, want, we want to count on them. We want to, to know that they're going to come through, that they're going to do what they've been asked to do or, or what they've said they're going to do. And in a work or business setting, the motivation is often a paycheck, isn't it? Or an increase in a paycheck if we improve. You know, we're entrusted with a task, Uh, to represent the company in whatever we do, to be part of the business growth. And we're accountable for that and we get that, we understand that, we know that that's how that works. We know the concept of performance reviews, you know, the 360 reviews, the annual reviews. And sometimes even this accountability is linked to a reward if it's a good accountability, isn't it? If you get through your review at your company really good, you wait for the end of the conversation, you look at the boss and say... You know, what's my paycheck going to look like next year? You know, there could be a reflection of, you know, this is going to be good. We expect to be counted on in so many other areas. But we hate it for ourselves. We don't like it for our personal lives or our character in practical areas of our lives. And we don't really like it in those emotive and and personal and faith areas. We're not sure that we want to be counted on. You know the whole "trust me, we'll do this." That's just a movie quote. We don't really say that in life. We feel like it makes us vulnerable. We feel like it robs us of freedom. You know, and I especially think about our younger generation. You know, we, as young people, and I'm going to say we, because I'm still pretty young, right? Good. Thanks. What? Thanks for that. I'm, as young, you know, young people, that they, they, they really don't like to be counted on because they want to keep their options open. You know, we, so accountability kind of robs us of freedom, the freedom to not have to do what we said we would do or, or might do. And we feel like accountability exposes us, exposes us as maybe a fraud or, or a failure or it shows up our weaknesses or it's going to it's going to highlight or spotlight our weaknesses and it can be confronting you know cuz we live lives of individualism and independence and I don't want to be confronted in my personal life cuz that's none of your business and we feel like it's a little bit confronting get out of my space you know the whole personal space thing you know you don't get to ask me that you don't get to talk to me about that and yet It can be a humongous and huge catalyst for growth. It can motivate us to grow. It can motivate us to change. It can motivate us to improve personally. And as we've been seeing, being a mature disciple isn't just about our own journey. It's not just about you. It can motivate us to be kingdom growers, to be people that that expand the kingdom of God, which is our call, isn't it? And accountably we'll help us here too but we're talking about trust today and and the focus is not only on us our best example is God himself you know he is was and always will be accountable as in we can absolutely count on him in our lives we can trust him Oh, and by the way, we do want to do that. You know, when it comes to God, it's like the government and everything. We do want to rely. We, we do want to hold God accountable. We do want to count on the fact that everything he said is going to come true, don't we? We do want to count that, you know, that eternal life is, is, is ours. We do want to count on him for salvation and those sorts of things. We do. We have a relationship of trust and accountability with him. He can be trusted and we can count on him. But it, it's it's a two-way relationship, isn't it? And and this is where we've got to start in that in that trust and that accountability. And I think this is what I really want to say um, <clears throat> today. Um, I, you know, in the office we were talking about. I was I mean, I th- I've, think I've written this message three times now. I I just keep writing it and then thinking, no, I don't want to say that. I think what I really want to talk about is the fact that we can count on God. You know, that accountability is great, and, and, and it is, and I will talk about that because I'm Andrew, and I will talk, you know. But we can count on God. We, You know, I, I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to hear that this morning, that we really need to know that. You know, looking and just looking at the our text again and it's in here you know we've got this this man going on a journey and he gets his servants together it's kind of like a boss isn't it and 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 he entrusts them with his property why would you entrust someone with your property if you don't think that they can handle it why would you give one five one two and one one if you don't know them at all if you don't think these guys can do this he obviously did He entrusted them. He was counting on them. He knew their ability and he knew what they were capable of and that's why he gave them 5-2-1. He knew that they could do it, you know, and and he knew what he'd given them. And and he went away calculating and, and he thought it out. It wasn't just accidental, was it? And he goes away... And these guys get on with it. And, and they're counting on him coming back. They know he's going to come back. They know that he's not gone forever. They know they can't do a runner with the talents, whatever they are. They know that he's coming back. And two of them get on with it. You know, it talks about um, um, they, they get on and trade. The one with the five and, and two, they, they go and trade with them. They get on with it. And they might have involved others. I don't know how long this, this, this master was gone for. I, I, it doesn't give us... A, but, but two of them get on with it. But one of them gets paralyzed, doesn't he? But he must have had it. The master wouldn't have given him one talent if he didn't think that he had it. But he gets paralyzed. He he gets stuck. He 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 doesn't do and he, he puts it in the ground. He gets fearful. He he thinks, oh, oh no. You know, he begins to doubt. Oh, you know, the guy I'm gonna be in trouble when he comes back. And the master does come back, doesn't he? In our story. And and it's um you know, And two of them he calls faithful. He uses the word faithful. You know, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a little. And so you've been faithful with a little, so I'm going to give you a lot. I'm going to, you know, in somewhere else's story, is, I'm going to put you over so many cities or something like that. Because you've done well, there's going to be increase. Your performance review came up, and guess what? There's a wage rise, and it's good. You know, the one through fear... He lost it. He got scared. He um, wanted to stop. He doubted himself. He, maybe he thought, well, I can't, you know, I don't know what the master's thinking. I'm a bit scared that if I put it on the, you know, if I put it in the bank, then the banks are going to crash. If I try it on the stock market, that's not going to work. If I have a go, um, if I, you know, maybe he couldn't ask anyone to help him. You know, maybe, what if I have a go and it doesn't work? He's a hard man. Then I'll be condemned. You know, he'll condemn me for trying and failing. I'll be a loser. I'll, you know, and I'll be in all sorts of trouble. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to dig it uh, in a hole. I'm going to just uh, put it in a hole and, and hide it away. And our story ends with, um, our story ends with these two guys getting, getting increase, And one guy... He gets the one talent taken off him and he gets cast away. And I don't know, the words in, in the ESV it talks about, and cast this worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He was right to be scared, wasn't he? It doesn't, end, it doesn't look good for this guy. It, it, you know, accountability wasn't a really a good thing. And so I started thinking, how is this story encouraging? How can this encourage me and how can this encourage you? What if I stop there and say... And then I started thinking, you know, Andrew, I can go on. This will be the Andrew servant, you know, the exhorter and the encourager. So I'm going to... And I'm going to... You know, I'll finish this and I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to say, so see? That's why you need to be in accountability groups. That's why you need to be in grow groups. That's why you need to be in... Triple, because weeping gnashing teeth i could find modern language for it cuz that's what i'd normally do you know you ask the young adults they always they know what i'm that like, i'm like you know if you watch them some sundays they'll talk to me other sundays they'll make sure they're as far away and they're keeping an eye on me to make sure they don't interact connect with me anywhere cuz i might try to nail them on something and and you know <laughs> that's not true they love me really <laughs> don't they <laughs> um you know what though? When I was praying about this, I was thinking, there are people sitting here and standing here, including myself, that feel like the one. I am the one. You're the one sometimes. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like the one, you know, that, that that you know that 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 god's called you to do stuff or you hear that in a church service and but you don't know whether you have it anymore you feel like i, I might have lost it or, or i'm i'm doubting whether i do I don't, I don't really want to ask i don't want don't want someone to hold me accountable because i i don't know i'm 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 a bit scared of stepping out for god i'm i'm you know or i feel like a fraud you know i i, I do this stuff and I say Jesus and I go to life group and I, I do all that sort of stuff, but I accountability I I feel like a you know, I feel like a fraud. I feel like or I feel like the sin in my life has kind of eclipsed and overtaken that one talent, that one gift. You know, God might have started off with a really good idea and called me to something, but I've kind of out sinned him. Or I've been sidetracked by sin. And so you know what, maybe I'll just keep the status quo, I'll keep quiet. I'm, I'm not going to poke my head out, I'm not going to try to do anything, I'm not going to. I feel like, and we know that we can count on the master coming back, because he says that in his word, that, that he's coming back. But here's the thing, our master's different. Our master's totally different than this master. This is what's exciting me. That's what makes me excited about this message. I feel like the one sometimes. And I know that some of us do. I know that when I was praying this week, that I know that we, we feel that. But our master's different. He is going to hold us accountable. But he is also accountable himself. We can count on him. You know, one of the best stories One of the stories that I totally love is when Abraham is making his covenant with God. And and I don't know if we've told this story before, but in the old days, you know, you made a promise. John and I are gonna make a deal, you know, we're gonna make a company deal, and and I'm gonna promise that I will I will absolutely do this. And John says, Well, I'm gonna promise and I'm gonna absolutely do that. Well, how do I know? Well, here's what I'm gonna do, and God does this with Abraham. Abraham gets a couple of animals, cow, sheep, goat, I'm, I'm not sure exactly, we won't go into the details, and they cut them in half. You know, we would sign a document, how wussy. You know, and they cut the animal in half, and, and, and then the two parties, John and I, would walk through the animals, and we would say, So be it with me if I don't keep my promise. And so be it with you if you don't keep your promise. May I be broken and wounded and, and cut. And, 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 and God's making this covenant with Abraham. But then all of a sudden we see that God's the only one that walks through. Because God says, so be it with me if I don't keep my promise to you, Abraham. But also so be it with me if you don't because you're not going to keep your promise you're going to be accountable and you're going to fail. And so be it with me. And look, you know, we're about to celebrate cast forward and imagine because that's exactly what happened. We didn't make it. We don't. When when we're held accountable, we don't measure up. We don't do what we promised. We don't. We aren't what we're supposed to be. And so Jesus becomes accountable even for us. Jesus takes our place. He walks through and pays the price. We have a different master and we can absolutely count on God. You know, however you're sitting here today, you can absolutely count on God, that he is going to hold you accountable. And there is, you are going to have to, there are consequences to not doing what you're supposed to do. But the beauty is that he's going to take them for you, that you can count on him to step in and be accountable for you. And that is good news. That's that's the best kind of accountability I can think of. That's the best kind of context that I can imagine for accountability because and that's why, and here comes Andrew, that's why we're going to move on, and that's why we can do this, why we, we can be and should be accountable because just like the Master, God knows us. He knows what He's put inside us. He knows what He entrusts us with. That message of hope that we've talked about, that you know, shares the gospel, He knows what He's put inside us. He knows what He's invested in us. And he doesn't just know that corporately, and you can't just sit in church and and think, oh yeah, you know, that's a good churchy thing. He knows it individually, right down to the fine little details of the way that you think, yeah, the bad things too. But he knows what he's put inside you, and he knows the potential that he's given us. He knows what you're capable of. You know, and Paul raves about this when when you open Ephesians, and I think we're on... When we were away in Uganda, I told the guys, you know, the first four chapters of Ephesians are always the most encouraging thing to read. Right at the start of Ephesians 1, what does Paul say? That he has given us everything we... Come on. I've been in Africa. Everything we... Need. He has, you know, and, and either that's the truth or it's a bunch of bunking, bunk... Anyway, it's, it's not. And, and we just... Read it because we think it's nice to read the Bible. But it's the truth. He's given us everything we need. How cool is that? I can count on him to believe in what he's entrusted me with. Why else would he give me talents? Why else would he give me and you a calling? I can count on him to come back, just like the master. And yep, he's going to ask me to account for what he's entrusted with me. But here's the good news. I can count on Jesus to come back... But I can also, unlike these, these the, the three, I can also count on Jesus to be with me in the journey. I'm not waiting for him to come back having no idea. Jesus is with me, you know. And in John 14, you you read the story where Jesus says to the disciples, I'm gonna to go to the Father and but don't panic. It's gonna be better for you. Don't panic, you know, settle down. It's okay, just wait, because I'm gonna come back and I'm I'm gonna live in you. You know. He says, look, I'm going to go and I'll be back. I'm going to the Father and I'll be back. But wait, there's more. I'm, I'm going to come and live in you. I'm going to indwell you. Count on that. You know, our Master is going to come back. Jesus is going to come back. But he's already here. There you go. There's a mystery for you. He's already here. He lives in you. He lives in me. He knows what he's given me and he's given me the power to to do it. I'll be with you to help you to use it and grow it and what I entrusted you with. So if I feel like the guy with the one talent, and I sometimes do, and if you do, and I'm guessing we sometimes do, here's what I want to say. He knows I can, but I don't always know I can. I need that relationship of trust with him. But I also need that with others. I can't go solo. This whole me and God thing, just me and God, it's a myth, guys. It actually doesn't work. You know, I don't need anyone else. It's just me and God. Garbage. It doesn't work. The two guys in our text probably didn't do it solo. The ones that, that, that did, they probably had help. They had probably had people saying, you know, they got staff to help them invest, invest the five talents, say whatever they did. They had what the master gave them, but they had to work it. And they probably had to do it with others. Well, I need encouragement too. I need to be held accountable. I need someone to say, Andrew, you've been called. You can and you're supposed to do this and you're supposed to grow in it. Even when you're sidetracked by sin, even when things get in the way, dust yourself off and I'm going to pray for you and keep going. I need someone to ask me whether I'm hiding my talent or my gift or whether I'm using it. Is it bearing fruit? Is it growing? Am I taking it to the next level? Am I growing in responsibility? I need to trust God I need to trust Jesus in me because he said he would live in me but I also need to trust Jesus in you. One thing to trust Jesus in me but in a community of believers as a follower of Christ I need to trust Jesus in you in someone else. I can't do this alone. Fear and doubt and all sorts of things can creep in. I might fail so I won't try. Or I've forgotten the voice. I need relationships, people around me that encourage me and hold me accountable. Relationships where trust is built, where accountability is expected. Where someone's going to ask me whether I have grown. Someone's going to ask me how I'm going. Someone's going to ask me, did, I, did you do that thing? Or, or did you speak to that person? Or did you change that habit? Or you know, are you reading the word? Are, you know, is God speaking to you? And I need to commit to those kinds of Relationships. To look for them, to seek them out, to to actively go for them. I need to give others permission to hold me accountable, to ask me to get into my face. I still need to do that. I can count on God. I can count on Jesus. And he's done everything. I still need to do that. It's a function of the body. That's what we are, the body of Christ. It's a function of family, isn't it? A body of mature disciples, to have accountability relationships, God calls us into community because we know he knows we need it. You know, some people go into a community thinking, this community needs me, I'm going to save them. Well, Jesus was the only one that really did that. God knows that we need community, we need the family of God. And it can be confronting, I know that. It's because it means we're being counted on as well. It means that someone's counting on me that it begins to matter what I do. It matters what decisions we make. It matters how we respond. It matters whether we turn up or not. You know, people sort of, you know, does it really, we had this discussion in the office this week and and Scott's not here, but does it really matter if I come or not? You know, church is still going to happen. Right, the youth band, they're committed. And the other band that plays another song, they're committed. They're going to be here. And you know, Johan will always be here. I mean, you walk in the door and you always see Johan. Am I right? Does it really matter if I come? Because it's really warm in my bed and, you know, or life group or so. Look, they're all going to be there. And, you know, does it really matter if I skip out or, or I don't come? Because I'm, I'm really a bit tired and I'm just, you know, does it matter? Well, when you're a part of the church family and you're accountable, it does matter. It begins to matter whether you're there or not. Because it's not just about you. It's about them. Perhaps God has given you something. You're being counted on. It matters whether you turn up. But you know what? Accountability is not only a chore. It really does help to keep us on track. You know, it's a bit like orienteering. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't heard about orienteering people for years. So people still do that? Does so anyone know what orienteering is? <laughs> Bad example. And thank you, Jenny. I do know what orienteering is. You know, Orienteering people are the tough ones. They don't use the GPS or the phone. You see, that was before... Not that I would know those times, but... Orienteering person, they use guide points to to find their way. And in orienteering, the the famous thing with orienteering is if you just can't find the next guide point, if you're wandering around through and it's usually in a forest or a bush, you're wandering around and thinking, I don't know where the next... Then the the rule is go back to the last time you actually did know what you were supposed to do. And it's kind of like that accountability, isn't it? Because we get lost in life, And we need people that can bring us back to the last time we did hear God and you did know what you were supposed to be doing. You did know how you were supposed to grow. Go back to the next reference point. So how we've done it here at One Hope, because we're going to make it practical, is we use grow groups. And we've talked about life groups and grow groups. And grow groups are three or four people that, that form a relationship of trust and accountability where you're counted on, but where you can count on them as well. You can count on them to ask you and to challenge you. You can count on them to care for you. You can count on them to encourage you. You can count on them to pray for you and with you. You can count on them to support you. You can count on being needed. You can count on that it being a place where you matter to the others as individuals, but also as you challenge them in their kingdom maturity. That's a kind of relationship we set up with grow groups or account of whatever you want to call them my question is are you in one of those do you have that kind of relationship with someone have you given other people to permission to speak into your life to ask you how you're going does that idea inspire you or scare you i think it does both to me sometimes because I'm like everyone else, individualism. You know, mind, mind your own business. I don't want you making me feel uncomfortable. I don't want you asking me the uncomfortable questions because, you know, did you read your scripture? You no. Know, I don't want to admit that. I don't want to look like the unspiritual one in the group or I don't want to look like the one that can't do or isn't growing. The next week, Joel's going to talk a little bit about the place of truth and how that can look, how it kind of looks in there. But I want to make it, before we go into the Lord's Supper, I want to make it really practical right now. And, and, you know, we said we were going to make this practical, and we are. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take a moment, just 30 seconds or so, or even as I'm speaking, start thinking of an area where would like... If I was to ask you, are you growing your faith this year? Have you grown this year? Or is there something that you really want to, should be doing this year or need to do? You know, is there an area you'd like to need to grow? Maybe it's a, a challenge in your life. Maybe it's a conversation that you really need to have with someone. Maybe it's a decision that you've been putting off or a job you need to get done, like gardening men. Um, whatever it is, maybe it's something that... It, have a think for a moment. Have a think about something. And then if you're in a grow group in the church, have a look around and see if your grow group or people of your grow group are here. And if you're not, what I want you to do, and this is a bit challenging, I want you to find someone and tell them that one thing that comes to your mind. Now, there's one thing. That's not accountability yet. Telling someone's fine. The problem is I want you to invite them to ask you next week if they're here or during the week, ask you whether you did it or not or whether it worked or not or whether you... Okay, so you've got to give them permission to come back and get in your face about it. You're all looking really worried now. (laughs) Give them permission to ask you in a week or next week. So have a look around. If you grow groups here, find them. If not, if you're not in a grow group or if they're not here, find someone else next to you or around you, one or two other people. One person's fine, two people's fine. And we're just going to take five minutes just to share that with them, here's one thing that I really, I've got to get down and do that, or I've got to have this conversation, or here's where I really want to grow, I, I'm, here's where I'm not doing great at the moment, and, and I want to create that accountability because I want to be accountable to you for that. Um, so grab someone now and take five minutes to do that, or your grow group if they're here. Or just join someone else's grow group if you're not in one, and you think I'm just gonna. I like you. You look good. I'll I'll tell you. <coughs> Danny, oh here we go. Okay, okay. Let's um, find a seat again. Hopefully you've. Um, Going to go into this next week with a bit of a challenge. So the goal is that either during the week, and you can send little reminder texts if you like, or um, but that you actually um, get back to each other on those things and ask each other how that's going, whether that's... Um, whether it's working for you. How many of you find it a struggle to think of something? (laughs) To think of anywhere you need to grow or anything you need to do? Good. I think we all need to grow. You know, I think the... The message is that that God is drawing us on. You know, the message isn't that we're that, and this is my the Message isn't that we're saved and that we just sit in, in in holy huddles and and we wait for the time when our Master comes back and we say, "Well, thank you for taking care of all the things that I did wrong," you know, and wait for Him to say, "Well, welcome into my rest." The message is that we're always called by God to continue to grow, to continue to discover what He's put in us, to continue to discover how He he intended us to be his kingdom agents like yeast into how that we would begin to influence the world around us because the message of Jesus Christ is good news it's not about getting everyone in a line like an army or so it's good news and it's actually freedom for so many of the broken people in our world that don't know it that don't know it and that's what you have our best example Of someone entrusted with something precious and being accountable is Jesus, isn't it? He did what the Father asked him to do. The Father sent him to become one of us, to become like us, and to take care of our sin. And he did it. He was fully trustworthy and fully accountable. In fact, he made himself like us so that he could take our place and be accountable, not only for his part, for ours too. You know, and I think back to that Abraham covenant thing where. You know, Abraham had no idea what that was going to look like. But God did. God knew that Abraham didn't need to walk through that. God knew that Abraham didn't need to make that promise because God knew that Abraham couldn't make that promise. And God knew that we couldn't make that promise or keep that promise. And so he sent Jesus. And so God knew way back there with Abraham, he said, you know, and if you don't do what you said you're going to do, I will even take care of that. And that's what we celebrate. In Lord's Supper. That is why we gather and remember and believe what Jesus did. That has to excite you a little bit. It has to be. He was accountable not only for his part, but ours too. Our sin. He gave the Father, he gave account to the Father for our sin. And he's coming back. We can count on that. But we can count on him being with us. You know, you can, when, we, when we introduce Lord's Supper, we, we talk about um, um, Jesus at, at the Last Supper. And, and you can imagine the conversation, can't you? You, can, you know He's sitting there with the disciples. Or no, actually, he's not sitting. I think the picture is that they're lying around and, and they're laying there. And, and, um, and Jesus is kind of wanting to say to them, Guys, you can absolutely count on me to having taken care of your sin. I will front the judge and pay the price for your sin. You can count on me not only to come back, but you can count on me to come and live in you, to indwell you. We talked about all that. And now you, and, and this is to us as well, you share in my work of the cross. So remember that. So when we get to, when you get together, and he's saying to disciples, when you get together, remember that. In fact, you know, and, and the language is do this. As you remember me, do this. You know, and, and then they were sitting there, and he took the bread, and he, and he broke it, and he said... Do this in remembrance of me. This is my body broken for you, and um, as they'd eaten that, then he he took the cup, and he said, you know, "Do this too. This is, you know, this is a remember this. This is my blood, poured out for you, that you no longer need to shed blood for the things that you did, because my blood has been poured out for you. You can count on that, and you can be reminded." of this when you when you gather, when, when we gather. And that's why it's so important that we do this. That's why it's not just a, a calendar appointment to to do Lord's Supper, that it's so much more than that. And that's why there's not, you know, we don't have to get into a routine of the way that we do it. Because we gather as a family and families do dinner and tell stories and remember stuff differently all the time. But we're challenged to remember and believe that you can count on the fact that Jesus' body was broken and his blood was shed for the complete forgiveness of your sins. That you don't need to do that anymore. That you don't need to walk through the the, the animals and say, you know what? Whatever happens, if I don't do it, you can, you can have me. Isn't that good news? That's what we celebrate. So we're going to celebrate this morning. I'm going to get the, the leaders to come on forward and uh, invite you. If you know that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour, come on forward leaders, if you know that Jesus is your Lord and Saviour and you you want to celebrate that, you want to recognise what God did for you, what in Jesus, that you want to uh, remember and believe, that you want to know that you can count on Jesus. If you know that, then we invite you to celebrate with us this morning, to remember that His body was broken, His blood was shed for you for eternal life. When you've taken the elements, pop back in your seats and then we'll all share it together. So as you reflect and and you um, think about what we talked about this morning, that you can count on Jesus. Remember that his body was broken for the complete forgiveness of your sins. And as you drink the cup, remember that his blood was shed for the complete forgiveness of your sins. Jesus, we're eternally grateful and we're so thankful that we get to share this together as a community. But we're even more thankful that we get to share in salvation because of what you did, Jesus. We're even more grateful that we get to share in being part of the family that knows salvation. We thank you, Jesus, for being willing to to, uh, be totally accountable to your Father. We thank you, Jesus, for being accountable even for us, even for the things that we've done. And we thank you that, that we rest in that now. But we thank you too that you call us to be part of community and you draw us on to be ambassadors for you, to be people that are maturing as your followers and are giving expression to the kingdom here on earth. Lord, we pray for <clears throat> the times that we feel like the guy with the one talent where we become afraid, where we lose courage, we lose faith, we lose, um, we feel fear, we feel like we might not have it anymore, we feel like we're, we've come under attack. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and remind us then of what we've just celebrated now, that we can absolutely count on you that you will ask us, but that you will empower us, that you will give us what we need. Lord, that you'll call us as individuals and as a community and that you'll supply all that we need to live for you. We thank you and praise you, Father, for for that. We recognise that we're your kids. We recognise that we embody the good news of salvation, the good news of Jesus Christ. We experience that freedom this morning and we pray that we would be ambassadors of that same freedom moving forward. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you